0: Earrings were cheap. 100% discount. Because they're fair game. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael favor We're two thieving fans of Beyond Gilead. No, we're not. And today we're reviewing 10 4 Good Buddy
1: by Laurie Twitchell. That's awesome. <laughs> Join us for episode 129 on our return to Gilead.
0: Yeah, this episode's title was made before the episode was written. Nice. Because they got the ten four. they were like, we have to call that 10 good buddy.
1: That explains why it's very, it doesn't feel like it quite fits with the episode, but that's fine. Yeah. It justifies its own existence.
0: Before I read the summary, I'm just going to say, I love this episode, Ryan.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Compared to last episode, which I don't think I said was, I think, one of my least favorites. Oh, 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 oh no, oh no. <laughs> so, sorry to the Coloropolis episode. <laughs> okay. Um, Well, let's talk about this one, because it's not that. (laughs) Summary.
0: While on a spring break service trip with her school, Brooke becomes concerned that her roommate might get herself into trouble. Meanwhile, Haley faces a similar dilemma when Hope surprises her with a gift. Yeah, this episode is one of the ones where I'll say the story is great. The setup is great. The theme is very solid. It can definitely use some tweaks in the writing department and certain lines here and there. However... I don't remember those critiques as strongly as I remember my praises for this theme. This is a better mm-hmm. version, first off, of School grades and I so appreciate that. It's also a great message that we've talked about a fair bit. If somebody is about to do something that is not right, you're not doing anything wrong by going to the proper authority and saying, hey, I just want to talk about this and letting the authority handle it. That's something I love. Haley and Brooke don't take matters into their own hands. Haley goes to her parents and... Brooke goes to the organizer of the trip. This is something that I've even practiced in my own life. There have been times when stuff has happened. I'm like, I have legitimately no idea what I'm supposed to do about this situation, but I've been presented with this information, so I'm going to be forthright about it. What do I do? And went to authority and just left it at that. In fact, Haley and Brooke didn't even need to follow up necessarily on like what was going to happen. It's good that they did and were a good friend to the people they were with. But also, if something like that happens, you just report it and let the authorities do their job. So Haley didn't get Hope in trouble. Hope got Hope in trouble, whether Hope realized it or not. And, and again, Hope wasn't even in trouble there. It was the parents who made the decision, yeah, we're going to follow up on this. It's not necessarily Haley's fault. And, and that's something that a lot of people think about, at least subconsciously, about, oh, I don't want to like get this person arrested or like report this person for doing this. Or like, Brooke... Probably wants to be a good influence on her roommate because if her roommate's kicked out of school, she might even go and do some even worse things uh, or not lead a good lifestyle. I'm trying to remember if that was brought up in these episodes or if that was just something else that I've heard. But it's a good consideration on, well, should we not? prosecute this person or not bring charges against this person because it might end up with a negative consequence, well that's not your responsibility. You're not the one who makes that decision. You're not the one who's deciding to kick somebody out of school or not for this violation of the honor code or the violation of of whatever. What your responsibility is is to make sure that truth is known by the people who need it. And that's what Brooke does with The person she's with. Isn't this great? This is, again, the philosophy of a good episode will make you think about how it applies to your life. A bad episode will have you nitpicking it. But I very, very much enjoyed this. I've already said that several times. Um, I think it subverts story structure in a very good way because we get two stories – They follow similar tracks. One's a little bit more serious than the other. The Hope one, again, rectifies something from School grades that I really appreciated and treats it in a different light. And so we get kind of a two-act structure on either side. It's set up. These storylines are going to happen in the first scene. Then we know what each character believes about it, that this is right, this is wrong, this is how I want to encourage my friend. It's set up at the beginning that Haley is going to have to be the big sister for a little while, and that Brooke is going to need to like try to figure out how to be a good friend and a good roommate to Marcy. And then we get a bit of the setup. Here's the conflict and here's the following action. Here's what they choose. It's not that big of a controversy for them. It's just here, the episode is more saying, here's what happens when you do the right thing in these circumstances. And here is the right thing. And I think that's okay because this episode is also very efficient. There aren't many scenes that are just, that could have been cut in this one. I think the first one's relevant. I think the scene, one of the scenes that could have been cut No, actually, every scene is relevant in this episode, and I'll I'll stand by that. And I'm going to stop ranting about how good this episode is. Do you want to go for it?
1: Sure. This episode is kind of everything I wanted from Shades of Chartreuse. Yes. We get kind of a follow-up. It's still the same person that Brooke is dealing with and trying to figure out how to interact with and how to do right by her and kind of give her a godly example and all that. And... All of that is contained within this episode, that sort of how do I do this? How do I navigate this? Especially as we go into things that have worse ramifications than just staying out a bit past curfew or whatever. And it all kind of comes to a head in a way that I think is satisfying, or at least partially satisfying. Like, in the end... The girl doesn't quite learn her lesson. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna no. go have American parties, right?" But that's okay. It's it's yeah. not the it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just like that's the way things are gonna be in real life too. Like you're not gonna get this neat little tidy. Oh, I have learned the error of my ways because I made one mistake. I'm a perfect person now. That's not gonna happen. And you're gonna have to be gracious and patient with people even after they make mistakes over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Well, as opposed to Hope, who did learn her lesson.
1: Right. Which is good. I'm glad that she learned her lesson. I thought, uh, speaking of Hope, I thought it was a little weird her going like immediately to how dare you snitch on me, because it feels like she just believed that it was okay. She was like, if it's on the floor, it's fair game. She doesn't believe it's stealing. She doesn't believe she did anything wrong. She thinks that it was perfect. Like, basically, she just got a free sample. It'd be like if you, you went to Sam's Club or something. Yeah. And you got a free sample. And then someone said, hey, uh, you actually had to pay for those. And I let you, I let them know that you took it. And you immediately went, you snitched on me? Well, yeah, because I would be upset. You didn't come to me first
0: and tell me this, that this was a problem? The, that's me in my more mature perspective thinking that, and I can imagine Hope sure. also thinking, "I can't believe you told on me. Even if it was a problem, why would you do that? You you don't tell on your friends." So
1: I guess I, yeah. I, I guess it just felt like, does Hope believe this is wrong or right? She she doesn't like if believe she, in if snitching. she believed it was right, then she wouldn't think that someone's snitching. She
0: doesn't believe in snitching. Regardless of whether it's wrong or right.
1: Then I think maybe that's definitely something that <laughs> parents need to address. Like, hey. Yeah. Uh, snitching is fine. Snitching is fine. and <laughs> Snitching is encouraged. If you try as... <laughs> to hide things from us by getting mad at your siblings, there will be problems.
0: Yeah, I actually did think of a couple scenes where I, the writing could definitely be improved. And I want to talk about those at the end. But I want to talk about more stuff that I like. So... We meet a couple new characters. There's Kendra, who's a friend of Brooks, who's on the mission trip, who provides an alternative perspective to Marcy and says, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. noticed how it would be good to, like, have this on my resume, but also I'm doing this because I have a heart for, for helping people. And another message that just dropped in the middle of this one is, like, it's not gossip what they're doing. Good contrast to two episodes ago because they actually know what's going on in this situation. They're going to take it to the right people. Can we play this clip of the day? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I know Marcy is your roommate and everything, but... What's wrong? I don't know. She hasn't actually done anything. I don't want to gossip. Neither do I. Is it gossip to express concern? I don't know. That's a tough one. Like, I think it's okay as long as it's genuine concern and we aren't doing it to cause hurt. My dad told me once it's all about the intention in the heart. The intention in the heart. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't want to hurt anyone, and I am really concerned. Okay. Or, you know, she's talked a lot about partying, getting to know the real Mexican culture. <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they go on to talk about some things that make them realize that when she disappears later on, she's probably going to be in trouble. So... This isn't gossip, because and it's not complaining either. I think gossiping and complaining kind of have a similar theme in that if you're going to be talking about that thing, either with something that could have been gossiping or complaining, you're talking to somebody who can actually fix the problem. And that's what they're doing. Because once they learn that all this is happening and that Marcia slipped out at night, then they know exactly, oh, yeah, we talked about this before. Now we should tell somebody because it's getting to the point of where our suspicions are being confirmed. So – That's good. I really like that theme and it builds, it fits really well into the rest of the episode. Not only like, is this not gossip, but it's also okay to express concern for somebody else in this way.
1: Yeah. The other thing is as far as gossip in the Bible, there are a few verses that talk about like gossip is bad and it's like listed among a bunch of other sins. um, I think it's very useful when talking about the topic of gossip to go back to the Greek specifically. Because uh, especially, like, in the context of uh, specifically what I'm pulling from right now is um, Romans 129, which talks about, uh, like, it lists uh, gossip among a bunch of other things like adulterers and covetous, malice, envy, murderer people kind of thing. Strife, yeah. And that word is, uh, <laughs> give me a second while I try to pronounce this, Scytheristace. Uh, Ooh. I think. Good word. Which, mean, which means a whisperer or a secret slanderer. I want applesauce. No, why does that golem? No, <laughs> oh, no. A whisperer. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, that, that word, going further into the, the word study, properly it means a whisperer or a sneaky gossip, a backstabber, a backbiter, quietly destroying another person's character, covertly, not out in the open, but rather operating in a corner. So I think that's important because I think that a lot of Christian circles, they they hear the word gossip and there's a lot of ways you can take that. That can be like spreading any information or even just spreading information that has to do with other people, period. And I know a lot of people who are a bit cagey about like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about insert topic here that has to do with someone else (laughs) like yeah i don't want to talk about the richters i don't want to speak badly about other people but that's not what being a gossip is it's not about saying bad things about anyone period it's about an intention to sow discord secretly in a way to destroy or dismantle someone's character by seeding like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna come over here and say that this person's bad it's basically what the richters do about grace that is gossip but we would usually say that's actually slander like in our culture slander is the term we would use to describe what the gossip tend what the what the bible tends to describe as gossip so
0: it's what tiffany was doing about justin's school records exactly because that's
1: actually true although that was a little bit more out in the open but even so yes so that said i do appreciate what the episode has to say about like it has to do with the heart it definitely does yeah because if your heart is I want to destroy this person's reputation, absolutely, you're gossiping. If your heart is, I'm just sharing information, as long as you're being careful not to be so loose with the information that you're accidentally slandering and destroying someone's reputation, great. Well, But I think it also depends on whether the person just has that reputation because of their actions. Here's another thing. Uh, there are some
0: situations, like even the ones that are kind of going on right now, where I have been made privy to some private information. And Mm -hmm. if I were to share that private information, I don't know exactly how much of this private information I'm allowed to share. I know some of it I'm not allowed to share. But if I were to go around and just say hey, uh, don't tell anyone, but here's this information. It might be true. It might be shared out of genuine concern, but it, it would still be a form of gossip because the people I'm telling don't need to know. I would only say, hey, if you want to know, go talk to this person.
1: But the reason I, I, I would say in a certain sense of the word, yes, but in the yeah. sense of at least this this definition of the word as it's used in the Bible. OK, OK. It's specifically fair. talking about slander. It's not talking about sharing any information. Uh, I would okay. say that the reason that you shouldn't share that information is because you've been taken into confidence. You've essentially made an agreement to not share that information. So that's wrong, less because it's gossip, and more because you're bearing false witness that ah. you were going to save that information.
0: Hey, this is editing, Michael. Just jumping in to say that that whole situation where I was given confidential information has escalated to a point where it is very public. So if you want to find out what that was, you can go to my Instagram, MS Lafaver. There's a post up there that talks about it. And if it's not there because my Instagram is taken down or something like that, um. Go to return to But that's semantics. <laughs> that is semantics. I love semantics. It's great to talk about semantics. There are a couple little things that are great. So because Lori created Hope, she has a good lock on who the character is, and uh-huh. she brings a callback to the cigarettes from The Hope That Heals, which I liked. Yeah, Mary's which like, I like, oh that. yeah, and that fits well with it fits well with Hope's character that she would think that way. But I'm gonna springboard off of this and start talking about some of the writing I don't like. I really don't like. When Hope is trying to, it seems like she's manipulating Haley. And when Hope goes, "Oh, do you do you not do you not like them? Do you not like the earrings?" And Haley goes, "Well, I, actually, I I do like them, Hope. They really match that outfit." But and then we just get Mackenzie Seagard jumping and saying, "Oh, Haley, I'm so glad you're such a good big sister, and I just wanted to make you happy." And then the scene just ends. That is not where that scene ends. You have Haley go. Yeah. Oh, thank. Yeah, I, I do love them, but we need to buy these, <laughs> and go. Yeah, absolutely. I, my my wanting to return them has nothing to do with me not liking them. It seems a, pr- a pretty clear way to set up. This is how this conflict is supposed to happen for Haley. In that Hope didn't give her a chance to respond and was just steamrolling her. I'm like, oh, if you, if it's you, it's a misunderstanding conflict. Well, kind of. Not exactly. Kind of. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I, above that line, I have, this is the better School Graze because of how Hope acts. And that in School Gray's Hope, t- she was a manipulative hack in what she was doing. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she knew that all of that was kind of sus in that episode. Yeah. Wow. I just I just dated myself. That was not great.
1: I said sus in the last episode, too. Yay! So that's fine. Okay. but well, I in think this... it was two episodes ago. But yeah.
0: <laughs> it's been a little while. But another line, or another series of lines, I'm going to read through... The, the second scene See what you think of this So this interchange just doesn't exactly make sense to me Brooke goes Should I bring shorts or jeans Marcy goes yeah, you should bring both And Brooke says oh yeah I, I guess I don't really have to worry about fashion though Marcy goes as if you ever worry about fashion And Brooke goes Yeah it's not really my strongest suit I'm not really a fashion, like, fashion person Then Marcy goes Well yeah I'm gonna look good wherever I go Because you never know what might happen and Brooke says, "Well, we're not going to be partying on the trip." And then Marcy goes, "Speak for yourself." And Brooke goes, "Wait, no, there's no partying, and we're we're have we have a curfew, and there's going to be chaperones." And then Marcy goes, "No, you can always find a party, and like I've got a bunch of friends who are nearby." And that kick starts the conversation where Brooke starts to be concerned. But it's a little bit interesting to me because Marcy's just offering this information on leading into like, "Yeah, you don't really have a good sense of fashion, but I'm going to look good because you never know who I might be around." I'm going to be partying while I'm down there. It seems that Brooke is being strung along in the conversation and that it's intentional that Marcy is saying this and not that Brooke is just in the conversation and Marcy happens to bring it up. Does that, did that strike you as odd at all? Because that, that interchange was a little strange.
1: Sure. Like it's, it's sort of like if you had a conversation between two characters and they're like, yeah, so, uh, what are you going to wear to the party? Oh, I was thinking I would wear a nice sport coat. Oh, yeah. Sport coats are nice. I don't have much money because uh, I'm poor, so I, I'm not going to wear a sport coat. Well, I'm going to have money because I'm going to rob a bank. What? Yeah. How do how we get here? It's, it's <laughs> what a little, is happening in this conversation?
0: It's a little straight. Maybe, but I don't uh, disagree with the way that this was presented. Maybe... Brooke walks into the room or they're getting ready and Brooke goes, oh, that's a really nice dress you're packing. And, and uh, uh, Marcy's like, yeah, you like it? I, I got it like uh, over here. Like you were you were there when I got I it Got it
1: for the party. that I'm going to go to. Well, like, no, she doesn't offer that information.
0: Or... She just she just says, yeah, like, like, don't you like it? And Brooke's like, yeah, but why do you have it? And and Marcy's like, oh, don't, don't don't worry about it. And Brooke's like, well, I could never afford a dress like that. And Marcy's like, I didn't think you'd ever get a dress like that. And Brooke goes, oh, yeah, I, I guess I guess you're right. Um, you know, we're going to be working. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going to be working on this, like helping them make running, get running water. That doesn't seem too conducive. And Marcy's like, look, just stop talking about it. And Brooke's like, why are you so cagey about this? And Marcy's like, okay, look, if you really want to know, I've got some friends who are coming down to the area to, to do some partying down there and I'm hoping to join them. Is that you, do you feel better about that? And Brooke's like, no, I don't. And we, we springboard the conversation from there. She could say something
1: like, that's why I didn't tell you.
0: You're no fun. Oh, and that would that would tie in to the last scene when she says, why do you always have to do the right thing? She would say something like, yeah, that's why I didn't want to tell you, because I know you'd always do the right thing and tell somebody else. Well, don't, don't even think about it. I'm going to have this time by myself or something. Like, that would be a great thematic consistency to say sure. so myself.
1: I don't know. I like that. Yeah, it's, I will agree that this scene is written not as strongly as it could. Like, it's fine, but yeah. it's, it could definitely be better.
0: And those are fine nitpicks that don't take away from the fact that I still like the scene itself. I still like For the sure. themes that, that were brought about in the scene. It was good. But then another scene that doesn't make sense is when oh, we have the full fam- Morrison kids, all just all the full family just hanging out over spring break, which is fun. Also, it's spring now, so this is year six. Welcome to year six, man. Well... It feels like it's only been one year. Oh. Yeah. Uh all the Morrisons are there for spring break and they're talking about this really dumb movie, and that's that's a trope. Like people watch stupid movies all the time and like that they've seen with each other. And I'm glad that they recognize that the movie's objectively bad. But the movie's called Weekend at Party Pier, and then they're just quoting the movie rather than playing clips from the movie, which seems a little bit off to me. That the movie's playing in the background and they're meanwhile just quoting it without letting it play out. And then at the end, there's like, oh, there's, oh, Sea Monster. Oh, and, and stuff. Then they start yelling. Whereas I'm like, why aren't they reacting to the
1: stuff that's going on in the movie? That seems a little strange to me. They're making fun of people who like Princess Bride. They do the same thing.
0: Oh, what? oh but it's <laughs> Weekend at Party Pier.
1: No, I, I'm kidding. That's not what they're actually trying to do, but.
0: Well, they'd okay, be succeeding
1: then. if they were trying to do that.
0: Well, do people actually act like they're on the ship when the sea monster... There's a, there's the... This... That that scene has a sea monster in it, right? In Princess Bride? I'm trying to remember.
1: There's the sh- the shrieking eels.
0: Yeah, that. Okay. So, would people actually be pretending that they were there with the characters or just be going,
1: oh, that"? <laughs> no, they'd funny. be quoting the characters.
0: Okay. Well, if the scene's about to happen, like if the scene is currently happening... It doesn't sound like they're quoting it along with the characters. I don't know. It's a little strange, and I'm going to stop my nitpick there because that's as far as it goes. It's not meant to be
1: analyzed any further. It's just a throwaway line. Anyway. I think my brain edited out the memory of that scene from this episode because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Justin's in it. Yeah, I still don't remember it. It was that uninteresting to me. Anyway, title rating,
0: 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, because they did the thing.
1: Yeah, and they're good buddies for turning in their buddies. Yes, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Or should I say
0: 10-4? I will go further and say this This is a contender for greatest
1: title in all of Gilead. Just because of how clever it is. Yeah, based. 10 out of 10. Based economy. I'll say 10 out of 10 four times. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. There. I'll say 10 out of 10
0: 129 times. 10 out of 10. 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 Let's wrap this up. You're going to edit
1: that and just multiply it, right? Yes.
0: Well, something I forgot to say during this review was that I have the three guys on the trip, like including the Mexican guy, just labeled as Dude Guy, Cooler Dude Guy, Even Cooler Dude Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, if you had any thoughts on the Dude Guys or on the, the theme or the title of this episode, if you had problems with it or nitpicks and you want to share them with us, then you can get in touch with us by going to returntogilead.com, possibly one of my favorite websites
1: because I designed it. Wait, no, that's not how that works. Anyway. And there might be a secret on the website in honor of our one-year anniversary. Oh, yeah. There also might not, because I, I don't have access to the website's admin or anything, so I'm just telling you, telling Michael to make things. No, I don't <laughs> have this time point. to make things. Well, See, I mean, you, there's, you, not enough, there's not There's not something on the website, unless there is. Well, you have to go there to find out. And if you can't find it, you might as well leave a voice message while you're at it.
0: Yeah, there you go. Return to Gilead.com slash message. I'm also going to plug some of the other stuff we've got on there. We have a full listening order of Return to Gilead. Every episode that's been released so far, I go through and regularly update it just to make sure that everything's on track and all the release dates are, are working and stuff like that. So you can see episodes that are coming up, things that we've got planned, and links to go listen to every single one of them. So, that's on *Return returntogilead.com slash two to listen Anyway, next time, we're going to be starting another two-parter, the Pittsburgh Duology. And it's written by Laurie Twitchell. And in the fan
1: base, it's known as one of her best episodes. So I'm Ryan. And I'm Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you all in the next episode as we once again return to Gilead.
0: Oh, wait, we're recording this on the anniversary of Return to Gilead. So happy one year.
1: Are we really? Yes. Happy return. We need to sing. Happy birthday to us. To us. Happy birthday to us. To us. Happy birthday to return to Gilead. To return to Gilead. Happy birthday. Welcome. Have fun editing that.
0: (laughs) No, that'll be fine. I don't know whether I'll put that in the episode or at the end, but you know, if I put it at the end, (laughs) it might be a fun little bonus.